and Jules. This is the Nick and Jules podcast. It's a real Hannibal Lecter vibe that you've got going on there. Oh, with the, obviously with a nice Chianti. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of skin tag, some fava beans, <laughs> um, a Chianti and the face of a security guard. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Wow. We are recording. <laughs> it's a long time since I thought about skin tag, so thanks for that, Matt. <laughs> A long time since I thought about fava beans. That's not true. Actually, I've eaten fava beans many times this week. Have you? For realsies. Three fava bean packages I've eaten this week. Right, have you seen me eating those weird little like little white and blue packages? Those are fava beans. I try not to look at you when you eat. <laughs> Why? 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 Oh, yeah. You make it weird every time. You don't know you're is making it, it weird, but you make it weird. Because I drop them into the back of my throat, so I'm, I'm fisting my mouth as I do it. <laughs> Um, like no, you're trying to give a dog, you're trying to give a dog, uh, it's medication, but you don't want it to taste it on the way. Just hide it in peanut butter. <laughs> Stick it in the, yeah. That's how I eat my fava beans is I have to disguise them in sweet food. Yeah, look. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot why. of effort you That's the reason. That's mm. the real reason. But it's so good to get a fava bean in you. I always thought it was favor. You'd be wrong. <laughs> yes, you, 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 if you've always thought that, you've always been wrong. Mm. But is that just sounds R as though. F-A-R-V-A? I think it's just F-A-V-A. Well, yeah, hmm. definitely is. I've learned something today, haven't I? Have you seen... Oh, we, we talk about from time to time off-air, Jules, but yeah. now that we're doing the pod, how you haven't seen many movies. Have you, do you, have you seen Hannibal Lecter or any of that? No, God, no. Oh, they're so good. They're quite good. Like, Here's the scary ones. Well, yeah, he's a... He's a, a serial killer. Yeah, yeah I don't want to watch that. Hannibal the Cannibal. Out of all the movies there are that I haven't seen, also, it's more, which is I, a lot, it probably I'm verges, not going to watch that. Probably verges more on thriller than horror. Yeah, like a which psychological one. thriller. Yeah, because it's not like you... Actively see him. It's not like macabre. Well, you don't see him actively cutting him up. Oh, there is a few. Mm. Like when uh, they were cooking up old mate's brains at the table. That is. Um, What's the Aussie um, famous horror film? Wolf Creek. Yeah, that and one. That's got me too. for a good few oh, years, mate. If I ever saw John Jarrett in the street, it'd be done. I'd be out. Which is real shame because if you were a big fan <laughs> of Better Homes and Gardens, because I think he did the gardening segment for a while there. Oh dear! What a what a conflict of interest to be both one, a friendly guy that you let into your house on a Friday night because that's when seven thirty on Channel Seven, I think, Bed Homes and Gardens has classically always been, and he's showing you how to look after your carrots, and then you go to the movies on Saturday night and he's murdering backpackers. Jeez, it's a lot. I mean, everyone does their own thing with their weekends. Yeah, that's sure. true. Who are we to say? Who are we to force um, uh, John Jarrett to do whatever <laughs> we say on weekends? You might. We can't always be looking after carrot garden patches. Mm. Matt. Carrots. <laughs> what are you looking up there on your phone? Oh, I was just seeing what uh, John Jarrett. I was getting. I was going down a John Jarrett hole. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, just being going down a bit of a John Jarrett hole, guys. You know, you know how it is. We learn here. Friday mornings, John Jarrett hole. All right. Um, on the food show today. <laughs> the food show. Well, I read the word food. There's been a junk, <laughs> junk food. <laughs> junk food ban. Yeah, interesting idea. I think it's. Um... Dan Andrews is not on board though. Well, which is surprising because it sort of feels like his uh, his vibe. But yeah, mm-hmm. limiting advertising. Um, they've started doing it, I believe, with uh, children's TV shows. They banned uh, fast food advertising during those shows. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Good of you to listen to the show. That's what I said during the break. <laughs> <laughs> That's been in effect for a long time. There's they prevent. There's like windows, very similar to school speeding zones, mm. um, that say, yeah, we can't have certain styles of advertising. So they can't. Use, I think they can't do gambling ads as well. Potentially during that time. I wish they'd just, oh, mate, the gambling ads. Every every um you ad on YouTube, I don't gamble. I don't no. know why they keep showing me these things. Well, because you're, you're in the demo. You're a, you're a bloke in his thirties. So I should have money to gamble, but I don't. Yeah. Mm. Got him. They're hoping that you make it rich <laughs> and then Obviously. piss it away. Yeah, I, which I one hundred percent would. I have. I'm not good with money. Well, I think that's the thing is, if you win money, you're you 
the likelihood there's some study that's like people that have won the lottery or inherited stuff. A lot of them go broke. Yeah, a lot of them run out of their money yep. because they don't know how to sustain it. I'd have to give it to my mum. I'd be like, Jude, can you manage my money, please? Because I can't be trusted. Financial advisor. There's also a study that's that was to do with the people in the same neighbourhood or the same street of lotto winners oh, wow. and how they often um, have to keep up with the Joneses because they oh. might not tell their na- the, the people that are won might not tell their neighbours and all of a sudden they're upgrading their cars so they often go into financial debt because they feel like they need to do oh. that too. So they don't yeah, even, It's quite uh, fascinating. Yeah, right. Sad for them, but yeah. What I would like to win is not necessarily, well, I would like to win the lotto obviously and if you, know, if you won millions, no one would ever complain but there's that version of the lotto where you win like Something like twenty five grand a month for the rest of your life. Yeah, Holy like the old set for life style, where they yeah give you payments every certain period of time. Yeah, that would be good because that would teach me to. That's effectively just getting a paycheck. You would probably yeah, at that just point just a small paycheck of twenty five million a month. Twenty five thousand. Oh, thousand. <laughs> <laughs> what lotteries are you into? Hilarious that that's probably not even remotely as much as like Bill Gates makes. Like twenty five million a month. Yeah, still yeah. raking it in. I learned yeah. to manage my money with twenty five thousand a month. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd struggle through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what would you? What actually? Both. No, that'd of you, be insane. Right now, what are you spending if if you get a twenty five thousand dollar paycheck? If our company accidentally drops twenty five k in your bank tomorrow or next week, I suppose because that's pay week. <laughs> First of all, I would email them, be like, "Is this a joke?" Because I don't want to be that person that gets found out later. They held on to it. You do hear all the time about people accidentally receiving the money and then going on the lamb and then. Yeah, and unfortunately, of... according to, yeah, to the bank T's and C's, that, you aren't allowed to keep the money. If it was an accidental mm. transfer, you actually in, can't keep it. In my it. first job, uh, that actually happened to me. I was working Baker's Delight. You accidentally or... got transferred a lot of money. Yeah. Or overpaid. I, I got like an extra grand, which was, I was earning $5.78 an hour. <laughs> That's a year's wage. <laughs> wow. And what that happened? was like Did you one, live your life? one five hour shift a week. I was not on a lot. <laughs> With pizza scrolls on you, like and everyone I got was one? Like, is this a joke? And they're like, oh, thank you so much for telling me. Yeah, that was our entire <laughs> and then they profit. Took it. <laughs> the margin. <laughs> I took it back. It was exciting to see it in my bank account, though, at that yeah. age. <laughs> yeah. I, this age, hey, to be frank, oh, I, yeah. would, uh, I would still be jazzed out. How old would you have been, Jules? Oh, like. 14, 15. You know how, obviously, Oof. the older you get, you know, your perception of money changes. Yes. At that age, $1,000. Oh, my gosh. I managed to make, like, 50 bucks stretch for so long at that age. Because oh, that was, well, like, my yeah. full wage. I mean, yeah, you don't have to put that much fuel in the old barina. You know, yeah. it was cheaper back in the days. catching the bus. Yeah. You're not, you're not paying rent. I might have a... A chocolate bar on the way home from school. <laughs> what a big day. Big spender. Yeah. yeah we would, uh, myself, my friend James, and my friend Jesse, who we all walked home together, we would all chip it in a dollar to get $3 minimum chips at the fish and chip shop on the home way home a couple of times a week. Oh, that smart. Was a, it was a big, it was a, that was, you know, the earliest in, uh, version of uh, investing. Mm, <laughs> you, on my you pull way your home, money with your friends. On my way home with a couple of mates um, around that sort of age, I remember there was like a campaign. It must have been like 7-Eleven that was like Mars free bars. So you open up the wrapper. Do you yes. remember this, Matt? And it yes. wasn't, a, there just wasn't a Mars bar And you like, you won a free bar. So essentially you've oh. got back. Yeah. I remember that. It was, it, was a, it was a one in six chance. Well, I feel like it was every chance that we had because for a week or two, we were getting a free bar every single time. This is ridiculous. Nice. This is great. You yeah. don't see We've companies. We've the system. They don't do this anymore because, I don't know, I guess they were losing too much. Yes. One in six. I thought it'd be higher than that. Well, you know, what also I miss is back when they used to do like, they would put like toys or free stuff in like cereal boxes. Mm, yep. And I, I don't think they do that anymore. No. I oh. can't even remember the last time I saw a toy in a, like even as a child, I don't remember having. Because Cocoa Pops are so expensive now. They can't afford to put toys in them. Well, no. I, um, to me, I remember 
what year would it be? It would have been like really like mid to late two thousands potentially mm-hmm. when I think the last of the Star Wars prequels, like Ep two and three, were coming out, mm-hmm. and the Coco Pops and I guess whatever is it Kellogg's that owns Coco Pops? Yeah, when they were coming out, you could get these, and they were so cool. Um, this was this was the thing to have. It was you'd get a lightsaber spoon. Mm-hmm. Where you'd press a button on the the hilt of the spoon Yum. and your lightsaber spoon would glow, whatever that was. Oh my god! And That's the lightsaber fun. was themed after the Jedi's and the Sith and stuff, and that was this. That was sick. Well, I'm getting on eBay straight after this because <laughs> yeah. I need some of that in my life. But now you don't. Now you can't find like they don't give you stuff. I think sometimes I think there's like free downloads for New Terrain's app or something. Yeah, not fun. Garbage. Maybe it's just, maybe the garbage is the word. Maybe there's so much of this cheap plastic stuff around that they've sort of tried to uh, rein that in a bit. Mm. It's actually a great move from those companies because one, they get to look like heroes for not putting extra waste in the world. And two, they're not spending the money on doing it. Stuff yeah, I think free. their number one is the number two on that one. Yeah, mm. I feel sorry for the factory workers that had to put those things in there. Ah, oh, again, certain it would have been a machine. I, yeah, I don't think <laughs> old <laughs> Margaret's in there just popping a new one in. <laughs> That's a and lightsaber for there. <laughs> lightsaber for there. Oh, this is a Sith one. Look out! Oh, yeah. Surprise double. <laughs> That's nice of you to assume that that, uh, that was a job that went to a hardworking Australian. <laughs> Back in my day, I used to pack them myself. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's um, that's the food ban. Um. Apparently, I have an accent. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I think it's your Melbourne thing. As a, a Queensland a Queenslander, I uh, I tend to bogan out a touch, but it definitely gets heavier depending on when I'm north are and how much more nasal it gets. Well, that's because the um, the humidity changes uh, how much your throat expands. Oh. <laughs> yeah, honestly, trying to keep your mouth closed so, so the flies don't get it. If you head up to Cape York, you're just like... I don't need helium. I just uh, humidity. <laughs> try, apparently, okay, try this on for size. You go to a primary, primary school. Huh? Says it like a Victorian. What? what what's the non-Victorian oh, version? Oh, well, my partner's from Sco- Queensland. Scozza. School. 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 Yeah, a mate of mine. Yeah, Kewel. she used to when she moved away from Queensland. She was like, uh, we all say pool wrong," and I'm like, "What do you mean? There's no W in it?" Pool. 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 Pull the door open. I'm going to go to the swim pool. in the pool. I'm going to peel the pool door <laughs> dual open. <laughs> it's just, wow. <laughs> Accents are fun. They okay. are, aren't uh, they? I don't I have, don't one. have one. Stuff yeah. those kids. Um, we talk about the worst first date spots. Oh, yes. Yeah, I haven't had many bad ones, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, wow, look at you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't the dated The locations much. of them, I guess, is the focus. Yeah, not like... There's plenty of bad first dates, whatever. Do you, can you give us, Matt, for the podcast, an uh-huh. exclusive story? What's, oh, what's the worst juicy. date you've ever been on? Yeah. Uh, 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 um, gosh, uh, it's been so, it's been 84 years. <laughs> um, I would say one of the worst ones went to their place, um, which is fine because I was, was poor at the time. That was number three on the list. <laughs> 7% saying staying at home was one of the worst well, dates. Well, I mean, it's Lame. extra problematic for the ladies because you might get murdered there. Oh, yeah, that's But, fun. Um, yeah, went to his place and unfortunately wasn't the cleanest. Oh, um, offered me flag. a drink and there was like floaties in the water <laughs> and like the cup, you could see the marks on it, like it wasn't washed properly. And was, I was the like, kitchen like no one had ever cleaned a dish before? Oh, it it was tidied, okay, but grimy still. Mm, nah, yeah, that's almost worse. Yeah, yeah, because it's secret. It's secret. Yes, filth. get the yeah. UV light out. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay, mm. maybe after the date, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything's white and clean. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, mm. Jules, do you have a worst first date? 
Oh, I had the guy that copied me for ages. That oh, was fun. Wait, can That's I ask you? Because yeah. you briefly dated my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was fine. <laughs> can I ask how that first date went? Can we give we, can we it talk was about good. It? it was fine? It was fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. Nothing out of the ordinary. What did you do? Went to a bar. Nice. That's classic. Yeah, yeah. Hard Unless to it's go. pretty too standard. loud. Yeah, as long as you've got like it's no, the volume. It was, is... it was like pretty quiet. I think it was in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, has a, he has, it does have a drinking problem. <laughs> well, I think I, I must have done community radio early in the morning, so I preferred to do it around that time, and he was free then. So, well, yeah, our, our 1 p.m. is most people's 8 p.m. Exactly. Yeah. So he got that, which is good. Yeah, yeah nice. but I yeah. like the, the casualness of a, of a daytime date. I think yeah. that um, makes things just a little less pressury. Yep. It does feel like I have to be more suave the darker it gets. <laughs> you really rock do. up in yeah. a tux. Yeah, yeah. When the sun's down, the gowns are out. Yeah, yeah, and good. You know, I think that's what you need to do. That's why I like to have my dates at nine thirty in the morning. Yeah. And <laughs> what do you wear to them? This will, uh, you Just know, a bib. we have that meeting with our boss at ten thirty, so this can only go for an hour. <laughs> and honestly, travel time. So let's make it forty-five, guys. Yeah, type forty-five. What's mm. the shortest date you've been on? Because that is also my worst date. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, tell us about this. You mentioned that old mate was mirroring you, yeah, like yeah. which is apparently a thing that people can do to try and a form of like flattery, I guess, or that well, yeah, they wanted him a subconscious to connection. I yeah, think, yeah. Is the idea. Um, oh, he just had like one word answers to every question I asked, and I was like running out of content. To Were you asking talk. one word questions? No. <laughs> Color red. <laughs> Siblings? Just, yes. <laughs> yeah, but like that was the answers he was giving me. I was like, oh, so tell me about your family. I've got a sister. How did you get, uh, how did you meet this person to go on the date? Mm, Tinder. Okay. Was yeah. it like some kind of job interview actually, or you just. <laughs> I felt like I was on one. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like they were not giving you any information. Yeah. You're like an interviewer, like trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. pull more information out of the how, conversation. It was hard work. How and, short is short? Um, I think it was about 30 minutes. Oh, wowee. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's clear. Like, was it, was ordered a coffee food or a drink? Too, restaurant. So I was like, "What? Yeah, yeah, yeah." That's just that's. I mean, that's incredible service from them. Yeah. Oh, I was you got like, the food as well. Can we talk? Let's do this on Monday. <laughs> let's do worst first dates. Great. Which is worst dates? Because mm-hmm. that's insanity, Jules. Mm-hmm. I was like, thirty minutes. To myself, is it too soon to leave? Probably. Well, like, I need f- to pad this hair. So what was the food? Did you just get a bowl of Mexican? chips. Oh, that's so good. I'm so impressed by the restaurant, to be honest. Because I went to Mexican last weekend and I waited an hour and a half. (laughs) I've got a great place. I I had enough time for three dates. (laughs) That's great. All right, let's do that on Monday. That's that's incredible. That's so, that's truly bizarre. Um, And did he ask for a second date and you said no? Or how did that go? Well, he immediately followed up with a text message and was like, that was such a great time. Can we do it again? And you said, nah. No, (laughs) not immediately. Uh, Wait, so what, what if you, as best you can remember, what would you have said in response to that? I just didn't have a very good time or. I uh, just like, oh, I just feel like we didn't have a, a connection there or something like that. So I'd rather not. Yeah. Yeah. So no, yeah. no thanks. Saying no to dates is hard when the other person asks you. Because yeah. for me, I go whenever I've been asked for like another date and I don't want to go, yeah. I go, well, I'm like, in my head, I go, well, you don't know when the next one's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, exactly Should right. I be turning this down? To play the odds. Uh, Jules, you've been judged for being born in 1993. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? Is that She's right. Like having known you for... <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what year were you born in? Um, 10 years before that. 1883. Yeah. 1983. No, you were right the first time. <laughs> you are Good 139. Math. What a vampire. What's your secret?
Um, moisture. Just <laughs> not moisturizer, but the moisture of blood, water, yeah. holy just water. I'm a very humid man, as previously <laughs> well, discussed. Yeah. All yeah. Queenslanders are at least 60 years old, but the humidity there just keeps their skin looking yes. good. Yes. Yeah. It's all about the oils. It's good constantly oils. the humidity battling against the sun damage. That's why you see some people who are teenagers that look like leather couches, but then you've got the Eternals <laughs> that live up in the far north side of the country. Yeah, because they know not to go out in the sun because it will destroy you immediately. Yeah, well, that's why the people in Cupertino live underground. I don't know mm. why more Queenslanders don't. Because not all of us are vampires. Vampires don't live underground. They I live in trees. They want to see sunlight. <laughs> 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 Haven't you seen those documentaries about the vampires? <laughs> no. At no point have they lived in a tree. <laughs> vampires? No, yes. I've, have you not seen... I've only seen... I've not seen the full movie, but Twilight. Oh, yeah. Edward takes I've Bella up in a tree. Well, <laughs> I assume that's his bedroom. No, you've got me. <laughs> I'm seen, his I don't know the full context. I think he goes, when? I've seen all the movies, read all the books. Oh, when they climb up this? when they're running through the forest. How like, is that? Oh, a... I'm in a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it sparkles. He, he's like, scene. no, it's like early-ish in the first one. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Edward's like, you should be scared of me. And she's like, I'm not A. <laughs> and then it hops on his back and then they climb trees and go jumping from tree to tree and they see look look at the beautiful view of Oregon which i believe is where it is filmed. Yeah, right. Or set at least, i don't know. Yeah, it doesn't How like an important scene. Yeah, no, well, it's obviously not pivotal, but somehow it's the It's escaped my memory. Somehow it's the only thing that i know about. It. Max, <laughs> so it's the clearly the sparkling part that was a bit weird or the fact that the bell it, blinks I think it's all almost the time. just after the sparkling part. Oh. They've been okay. frolicking in the uh, little opening in the woods. Yeah, that's sort of the vibe that i got. Mm. It might yeah, have been right. just might have been just a bit It's like a, a cubby house in the <laughs> A dewy sort of morning. <laughs> this is like 20 minutes on vaguely remembering a scene from a movie <laughs> from 10-ish years wrap, ago. Let's wrap this up, Matt. <laughs> yeah. uh, excuses to get out of work. Yeah, look, I, um, out there. We had to, I, I was cacking it at the uh, the callers that we had this morning. But yeah. uh, I would say like one of my usual go-tos is just gastro. Like I used to work in a call center that Very sucked the life out of me. And uh, if I had a, if I built up a day off, it was gone because gastro. Because mm. big boy hated that job, and they don't ask questions. Do you ever get into like you're planning on taking a sickie, but you like preempt it, so you start like saying to people next to you like, "Yeah, mm, feeling a bit under the weather," oh, or you yeah. start sneezing Acting. if you like, yeah, really go, building up to it. You go method. Oh, is this why you mentioned you had a sore throat yesterday afternoon? <laughs> well, that's planting true. the seeds? No, I actually feel a lot better today. So okay. if, don't expect a day off from me. But I felt right. I actually felt pretty average yesterday. And I thought, oh, man, we're about to fall off a cliff. Yeah, you place. laid the groundwork. I, but um, uh, you got out of it. I pulled a sickie to audition for my old radio job to get into radio. Uh, and I remember feeling like the guilt for mm. it afterwards. And I just like I went through it for like a week later. Because well, it sucks if you don't get the job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, I've done. I did the same thing when I was, I mean, I talk about how on the show today I said I was getting a colonoscopy so I could go and audition to become Batman on that movie world on the Gold Coast. Obviously, I'm not Batman. No follow-up questions, though. Yeah, yeah I can't wait to unpack that next week. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. That's uh, That and plenty more coming up in the show. Enjoy, everybody. Bye-bye. Quite now, though, Jules, we're asking you to give us a call on 13 10 60 and let us know what did you use as an excuse the getting out of work. Yes, Tom Cruise, upcoming movie for him. He has pressed pause on filming for a very good reason. Yes. Attending the King's coronation. Which almost would be a scene from one of the Mission Impossibles. Surely. Could be. Could yep. be part of those actions. Understandable sequences. excuse. A lot of people use an excuse, however true, to get out of work. That's right. We want to head to the phones and ask what's been going on with you. For me, Jules, I've used getting a colonoscopy. <laughs> 
as an excuse to go to an audition to be Batman when okay. I lived on the Gold Coast for well, a little while. I, I need it. We don't have time to unpack That's that. That's another a story for another day, I suppose. Uh, let's go to the phones. Kira from Bendigo, have you used an excuse to get out of work before? Ooh. Now, look, this wasn't me, but it was the co-worker that I was working with at the time. His excuse. Mm-hmm. What was it? So um, he rang up my boss and told him that he wouldn't be able to come into work today um, because his new kitten was choking on a chicken bone. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that is, that is a, I suppose, a pretty time-sensitive matter. but Yeah, and did... <laughs> for, a, for a manager, for an employer, you think, oh, Pets in distress. Kira, did he have? Did he actually have a little kitten that was choking? Is this a real? Was this legitimate? Well, look, I don't actually know, but it was just like how my boss at the time, because he obviously was on the phone and he was just like dead still, and he didn't know like how what to, to actually. Yeah, what to actually say? And it was Christmas time, and it was for like Australia Post, so it was a really busy time, and like. Oh, to call in sick on like a couple of days before Christmas was just absolutely horrible. It just made our workload a bit bigger those so days. It was... Yeah, it was just, um, I thought that was a bit of a classic and I've <laughs> never, ever heard anything like it ever yeah. before. Oh, don't feed chicken to your kittens, everybody listening right now. Kira, thanks for the call. No worries. Have a good day, guys. 131060, that's the number to let us know if you've used an excuse to get out of work or maybe it was something else. Let's go over to Mildura right now. Tash, what excuse have you used? So it wasn't for work, but it was for school. So when I was in primary school, me and my sister were late getting to school. And you know how you've got to go like be marked off the roll yeah, and give the excuse of why you're late. Of course. So we were trying to come up with something so we didn't get in trouble. So we said that mum had a baby. <laughs> and that's why we were late. Wow. Okay. So it worked a treat. It was great. We thought, yes, we're off the hook until the school newsletter went out at the end of the week congratulating <laughs> mum. So let's just say mum wasn't happy yeah, because that... <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't pregnant and there was no baby. Wow. Was she congratulated by any other parents in the class? Um, no, but she just, yeah, had to go and tell the school, look, you know, there's no baby. <laughs> I've raised some liars. <laughs> did, did part yeah, of you ever yeah. think about doing it a second time around? Because it was a, clearly a very effective excuse. Well, it was very effective, but uh, we got in a bit of trouble, so... <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that the school wouldn't have been wrapped and your mum probably wouldn't have been. Hard way to find out you've had a kid. Imagine if she actually was pregnant oh, once. Your mum's like, I didn't even know I was with child. <laughs> That's crazy. Appreciate the call, Tash. And you might be spending a little bit of money next Tuesday for Valentine's Day. Ah, yes. The commercial love holiday. Yeah, you've got to show your love with some dollars. More money, more problems, more love. Um, you know what? It's not just about love on that day. It's about first dates because inevitably someone somewhere is going to be going on a first date that happens to coincide with Valentine's Day. I hope the parties are aware and it's not like, mm, it's the only date we're available because ballsy if it, you're doing it on a Valentine's it's Day. It's gutsy if you know it. If it happens accidentally, that's one thing. Jules, I found an online survey in the lead up to this Valentine's Day that has revealed the top 10 worst places to go on a first date. On Valentine's Day? For in general. Or in general, right. In general. These are some of the worst reviewed places you know. can do. I'll give you the top three and then we can go through the rest of the list because I think the top three are pretty classically bad things. Yep. Uh, number three, at 7% of all people surveyed, they said that the worst first date was staying at home. Yeah, lame. Not even a date, really, is no, it? No, you're not going out. And it falls sort of into the hookup category, the sort of Netflix and chill vibe. Absolutely, I believe. It does. Can't really call that a date. Nope. Number two, very specific, 13% of people said the worst first date was McDonald's. Nah, I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay. 
think we understand what you're doing next Tuesday. <laughs> if your boyfriend Peter has some money to buy you a happy meal. Hey, get you're going to do with it. That's fun. Um, number one. With 20% of people surveyed, Jules, saying the worst first date was yep. going to the cinema, going to the movies. Okay, I understand this. This is a classic go-to date because if you're a little bit nervous, there's yeah. not much talking. But on the flip side of that, if you want to get to know them, there's not, there's not, much, not talk. much talking. Yeah, exactly right. And it was honestly the very first date I ever went on when I was like 17 years old with my yeah. high school girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. We went to the movies. We saw Fast and the Furious. I don't know what mm, number it was at that mm-hmm. point. It was the early days of Fast and Furious. We then went to La Paqueta oh, okay. afterwards. So you had an opportunity to discuss the movie. Easy yeah. conversation points. And I remember thinking, geez, absolutely nailed this one, Nick. This is a good first date. Yeah. Awful. 20% oh. of people saying it's just the worst. It was a, it was a fine first date. You know, we ended mm-hmm. up seeing each other again. So it was great. That's good. Good for 17-year-old Nick. To fight the odds. 10 years later, 27-year-old Nick knows better. Jules, the rest of this list, though, we don't have time to go through all of them, mm. but, but there's some questionable ones here that people are saying right. is, is the worst ones. Hit me. Uh, coming in at number eight for worst dates, 3% of people said that watching the footy. <laughs> I don't know if, I, I don't mind that. I think if you're both into footy and you go to the footy. Oh, okay. So going to the footy or like watching it at home? Well, interesting. They don't specify. Okay. Well, I reckon taking, you know, going out. And seeing the footy, the atmosphere, you can chat to them. Yeah, I reckon that's fun. Have a couple of beers, grab some food from like if you're at the G or somewhere, or even if you're yes. going to watch local footy, it's good. You really see their true side when they're screaming their guts out at Ooh. some player that's dropped the ball. It's a make or break date. Yeah. Uh, number 10, with 2% people saying this is the worst date, it's just going to the park. I don't mind mm. that. A nice walk, that's kind of cute. You know, yes. I've gone on walking dates before and they've been pretty good. They've been show all right. The, show the active side. You're like, oh, yeah, they look nice in, in that active way. Number yeah. nine, though, Jules. Mm. Number nine. And I think this is, I don't know why this isn't the most least popular first date. This is definitely the worst first date. Right. 2% of people said that attending a funeral was the worst <laughs> first date. I wonder why. Now, I don't know how many people were surveyed. I don't know how many people said attending a funeral. That strikes me as only one person having said that. Yep. But can you imagine? Can, can you I- imagine going to a, a funeral on your first date? It's like you dress up and you're like, oh, where are we going? I've just got to quickly stop over here first. You go out. It's the funeral. Or the person that's lost a loved one. Can I please have a plus one? Can I, yeah. Can I, <laughs> can I, can I bring someone? Um, just start seeing someone. It's, you know, it's, it's still quite new. But could you imagine at the end of the day, da- at the end of the date, yeah. imagine trying to make a move on someone at the oh, end of the funeral. No. You put the arm around them to comfort them and you go in for the kiss and no. it's just, oh, nothing but tears. Scam callers. They're Scam. The they are the scum of the world. They try and get you with all the text messages, with all the links that they hide with you. Sometimes they even get you on the phone. Honestly, they are the worst. And I, I put them in a similar vein to like telemarketers when they yeah. call me up. They're time wasters. And I don't know about you, Nick, but do you have a strategy when you're talking to them on the phone? Uh, I, when I used to get them at my, when I was living at home, when I was growing up and I would get them in the afternoon and I was the only one home, I'd say, oh, just hang on one second. Yep. I'm just going to go grab mum. She'll be able to talk to you. And then I just put the phone down and walk away. <laughs> I thought you like a put on a fake voice, pretend you're mum. No, I mean, it just depends on what sort of mood I was in. But Bit generally, because I think they play a numbers game. They're like, well, this mm. idiot's about to go get another idiot. So I'll just let him wait. Well, an Aussie bloke has um, shared on TikTok what seems to be like a typical scammer trying to call up and get you out of some money. My name is Eric. I'm calling on behalf of Suncorp, sir. The reason for this call is just regards to a payment that we've placed on hold for extra verification from yourself. I do need to confirm that this phone call will be monitored and recorded throughout the whole conversation, okay, sir? Okay, well, it's nice that he's, you know, monitoring it and recording it for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he wants to obviously get some feedback at the end of it for integrity sure. purposes. Yeah. Fake Eric, of course. Yeah, he's got the script, right? He's got all the lines that sound legit, that he's yeah. from the bank, all, you know, all down uh, 
down and correct. But after about a minute or so, this TikToker, he's like, he's pressing him and he's asking him a few questions to the point where the guy, Eric, completely unravels. This is the third time this has happened to me and I've already called Suncorp every time. You wouldn't even believe us from Scotland, would you? You're the scammer, bro. I'm not even from Australia, bro. <laughs> nice try, bro. <laughs> no problem, brother. What's it like in Australia? <laughs> and this goes on and on. Uh... He's dropped the fake accent. Then he asked to be given a tour of Australia by the guy he's trying to scam. Like on FaceTime or he's like, oh, I nearly scammed you, but I'll come over. I'll come backpacking. We can hang out. No, in person. He's like, hey, you know, with all this money that I've managed to steal from people, you know, can I can afford this trip overseas and I can oh. check out the place. The balls of him to ask for that. What if this is just a really early stage of the long con? Maybe. He gets invited over to Australia. He gets to his house. And then when this bloke who was filming it decides to go back, nothing's there. That's right. It's possible. Who knows what's going to happen with this We've story? We've really just got to assume the worst in everybody at every given point, don't we? Absolutely. People are the worst. Scammers are even worse. Cockroaches of the universe. Right now, joined on the line by Emma Saliba. She's a leader in the vaping space for Vic Health, speaking on what is becoming a big problem, an epidemic affecting schools all across Victoria and younger people throughout this state of ours. Good morning, Emma. Good morning. Emma, look, obviously vaping has been on the agenda. It's been top of mind for a long time now, a little while. Can you sort of humor us here a little bit and give us a crash course in vaping 101? What is actually in them? Because I see them all over the place. And I also feel like when they first came out and became, I guess, part of the norm almost, mm. that they were weirdly felt like they were the healthier alternative to smoking. But what is in them? I imagine they're just as bad. So, yeah, e-cigarettes uh, are basically products that heat up a whole range of chemicals mm. um, that people then inhale deep into the lungs and blow out as an aerosol. So we know that they contain many, many chemicals, some up to 200 different chemicals. Unfortunately, those chemicals include things like poisons that we find in weed killer, paint stripper. Uh, we know that they lodge fine metal particles deep in people's lungs. Uh, there's um, some that have formaldehyde uh, and heavy metals. And these are chemicals that actually are known to cause cancer and damage our brains. Uh, the other thing about uh, many e-cigarettes, even if they're not labelled in that way, is that they contain nicotine, mm. which is highly addictive uh, and also can damage uh, particularly the growing adolescent brain. Yeah. So uh, e-cigarettes are not at all safe. <laughs> they contain a whole range of poisons and chemicals within them. They contain chemicals that are not designed to be inhaled deep into the lungs. And we know there's a lot of short-term impacts in, in terms of acute lung injury and the terrible impacts that you can have from young people becoming addicted to a product and losing control and damaging their brains and their cognitive function. So is this perception so, that they're the healthier alternative, is that more of a byproduct of just a clever marketing campaign from these companies that sell them? Well, when it comes to children and young people, the real comparison is fresh air because we know that the vast, vast majority of children and young people in Victoria do not smoke, will never try to mm. smoke. So it's the comparison is, is irrelevant. Uh, at the end of the day, we want our young people to be breathing fresh air, not inhaling um, many, many hundreds of toxic chemicals deep into their lungs. No doubt, Emma, you've been alarmed and as parents, I'm sure are, that kids are getting exposed to these products so much as, 
you know, students selling vapes to their peers on school grounds. How can this even come to be in the first place? How do they get their hands on it when these products, you know, frankly, under 18, they're, they're illegal? Yeah, look, unfortunately, it's a real sign of a failure of, um, of best practice regulation. We know that many young people, uh, you know, we've seen some studies showing one in five or more, their main source of e-cigarettes are actually retail stores on, right. you know, the shop corner. So uh, the industry has been very uh, deliberate in seeking to hook a whole new generation of young people on their products. They're not interested in health, they're interested in profits. And there's just been a failure of control and regulation. At the end of the day, these products do not belong on our shop shelves. Uh, they have a particular use um, on a prescription for smokers who maybe have tried all other avenues and wish to try e-cigarettes. But in terms of a consumer product, they have no purpose and they're harmful. And they're way too accessible because we need better controls and regulations about their availability. No one's obviously blind to the epidemic that, you know, Victorian schools and well, look, schools across the country and even the world are facing with this. But what what is, in a, in a perfect world, Emma, what is the solution? Because you're right in that they, they are illegal and they shouldn't be accessible to certain age groups. And we have all these campaigns about them and schools are, you know, generally, generally reporting when they haven't but they still keep on happening, these incidences, and kids are still having them. What in a perfect world can we actually be doing to prevent this? Well, there's many things. We really do need to be stopping the importation of these products right? unless they're bound for smokers with a prescription. We need to um, stop the supply of them at the national level unless they're going to pharmacies for smokers with a prescription. We need stronger enforcement action at the Australian border. And in the meantime, we need a much stronger enforcement of the many retailers who are flouting the law and providing them easy access. Well, Emma, we let's talk need... specifics. Like, can we slap a fine on retailers that do sell it to kids that are underage? Well, it already is um, illegal. The issue is obviously clearly a lack of enforcement action. Yeah. Mm. So there are laws in place at uh, the Victorian level uh, but clearly there needs to be uh, a much stronger focus on that enforcement. Um, as we saw in the Herald Sun article, uh, there's, there's shop fronts that are clearly flouting those laws. And so uh, that, that would be a, an immediate action that could be taken. Uh, we also know that the advertising and promotion of these products um, is in, in a pretty disastrous way. They, they, tar they, they make the products very appealing to young people. They make them appear as highlighters. Yeah, there's fun flavours. You can try this flavors. taste. Yep. So, you know, these sorts of marketing um, tactics that are used by the vaping industry, which is often backed by the tobacco industry, uh, that needs to be ranging as well because uh, it's, it's been very, um, very damaging and they've particularly taken... Um, advantage of COVID and the vulnerability mm. of young people during COVID and lockdowns, and emerging from lockdowns, we're seeing you know we're seeing these these issues of increasing access and increasing use amongst young people. Uh, so it's it's the marketing and promotion, and it's the accessibility. Again, these have no place as a consumer product and don't belong on shop shelves at a corner store. So obviously, there's a in your opinion there, Emma, and it sounds like a fairly clear cut idea as to how we can limit this. Is that on the agenda? Like, is is that a something that are there discussions sort of 
at the higher level being had about doing this? Or is it because there is an industry that's bringing in money for it? Do they sort of turn a blind eye to some extent? Well, fortunately, the federal government uh, has made some really promising moves. So they are, they've opened an inquiry around how nicotine containing e-cigarettes are regulated under the, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Mm. So that is underway now. They've also committed to bring e-cigarette advertising in line with tobacco advertising and updating the legislation there. So there's been some good moves and we're hoping for some very strong actions and outcomes. Uh, another, another thing that really um, is important is we know from emerging studies now that many young people just are not aware of the dangers and harms of these products. They perceive them to be harmless. They perceive them just to be water vapour. So there is, there is some action required in terms of making sure that um, there is greater awareness that these products do contain harmful chemicals. The long-term impacts are unknown, but we can pretty much assume nothing good can come to people who are inhaling these chemicals deep into their lungs over and over again. Yeah. Emma, is there an opportunity, say, you know, you run Vic Health programs to, you know, prevent this use and to teach and educate kids on the responsibility that they have and the effects on their health? Can there be something done in schools, like getting someone who can talk to their level and explain how dangerous these products are? Yeah, look, I I understand the Department of Education is um, um, working in partnership with a lot of organisations and providing guidance and support to schools and families around e-cigarettes. But the more the better, the more the better. Um, I think we, we do need stronger communication more broadly for both parents and young people and places for them to go if they need to seek advice about how Mm. to manage the situation. Um, There's some good resources on the alcohol and drug website about how to have a conversation with young people uh, around vaping. And so do encourage parents to draw on those resources where they can. We're talking a lot about Victorian schools and obviously it's something that affects us because it's so close to home. But on, I guess, the international level, Emma, have we seen any other countries, any other governments across the world that have had either some level of success or that are ahead uh, of us in terms of, I guess, you know, regulating these things? Or is it a case of, because they are still relatively new in the grand scheme of the universe, that everyone is still playing catch up? Is there anyone having success at combating this? There are some countries that have very strong outright bans. Um, there are others like the you know New Zealand and the UK who... Uh, have treated this more as a consumer product and things aren't looking fantastic in those countries. They've had a real explosion of youth access and youth. So from what we can see internationally, um, we do need a model that does restrict these products because, as I said, they have, for for non-smokers, they have absolutely no purpose or use other than creating harm. So we really do need that much more uh, strength and regulatory approach because we've seen in countries that have loosened their approach uh, an explosion of use amongst young people. Bottom line, obviously, it's not a good thing. As uh, we've read time and time again, the only thing that should be going in your lungs is air. Uh, We are hoping, and we're actually very thankful for you this morning, Emma, for educating us. I think Jules and I have just been sitting here. It's been doing a lot of head nodding going, oh, I didn't think about that. That's a great point. Thank you Um, for uh, giving so much insight to it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And of course, hopefully if there's anyone out there, whether you're a parent of a school child, you're at school yourself or your teachers, obviously we can take these things into consideration and best practice where possible. And hopefully at some stage, not a conversation we're having, but thank you again for your time this morning, Emma. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Awesome. Um, thanks, for, thanks for talking about this important issue. Is my voice weird?
feel, no. I feel like it's fairly normal. I think it's it's normal. I mean, I knew you before we did radio together. I yeah. think your voice has been the exact same. Yeah, I don't think it's changed that much, but I've had something happen a couple of times in the past week that made me go, do I speak strangely? No. Specifically, do I speak with an accent? Well, I mean, everyone has an accent. Everyone. Austra- Australian accent. I've born and raised in Australia. I've never lived anywhere else. Yes, that's right. But in the past week, once at soccer training mm. from a young guy called Lockie, he goes to me, but we only sort of met at training and he goes, oh, by the way, I love your accent. <laughs> Thanks, it's Australian. Thanks, it's the same as yours, mate. <laughs> yeah. So you must must enjoy hearing yourself. Yeah, mate. And then I was talking to another kid at the gym that I go to mm. uh, earlier this week, and he goes, oh, what what accent do you have? I have not heard that before. So I said, twice in a week? Yeah, twice in the space of the last seven days. I've had specifically teenagers go, what is, what's with your voice? Why does everyone think you have a British accent? I don't know if they think it's British. British I or? I don't know what accent they think I have. But this is, this is, this is what? truly, I don't have anything more. I don't have like a funny twist on this. I just, I'm baffled that yep. I've had specifically two teenagers say, oh, Nick, you sound like you've got it. Like you've got an accent. That's bizarre. Are you watching any sort of pop culture and that's influencing you? Ma- like well, any overseas TV shows? I, well, everything I watch is from overseas because I don't particularly mm. think there's tons of good Australian TV on at the moment. Yep. Um, so, I, so when I, when I heard these comments, I thought maybe have I accidentally been putting on an accent? Mm, well, I know that during the breaks, when we are talking about Harry Styles and giving away tickets <laughs> yeah, and putting we, people on the shortlist. We, we, but we both did that. We, we sometimes we, carry on we with Harry go, Styles. We go, hello, Harry Styles. Hello. But I don't go to soccer and say, g'day boys, let's kick, let's are kick the footy. Are you sure? Because I distinctly remember a time for about 30 seconds, you couldn't get out of the Harry accent. Cause it's fun. Cause it's fun to do, Julia. It's fun to pretend to be Harry Styles. Maybe but- you blacked out and didn't realise that those distinct conversations at the gym and at soccer training, Which you were doing that. The guys at soccer do love hearing about the Harry Styles competition, <laughs> so you might be right. Nick, I got a blood test the other day and I had this bizarre exchange, something that shocked me that the nurse did to me. Is it she stuck a needle into you? No, that did wasn't the shocking part. you not know how blood part. tests work? I was prepared for that. Oh, uh, great. Um, you know, not the results. That wasn't shocking. Everything's all good, all gravy. It was what the nurse said to me as she was... Gathering my details to do the test and, you know, being a health professional, you have to make sure, yep, got the right patient, got the right thing, confirm all the details about them. Really the bare minimum, you would think. exactly. Glad she did it. She got to the point where she's like, can you just confirm your date of birth? Said my date of birth, year 1993. Mm. And she goes, oh. Sagittarius. (laughs) You're a 93 baby. Right. I said, I didn't know that meant anything. She said, oh. They're usually bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird. Shout out to any 29 to 30 year olds listening right now. Yeah. What a weird theory. What a weird concept to live by that 93, people born in 1993 by default are bitches. And I said, a, a little stunned. I said, what do you, what do you mean? This is like. We've had the whole conversation of, hi, how are you? And that's, that's, you've launched into 93 bitches. Wow. Uh, and she said, oh. Yeah, yeah, my cousin. Let me just explain the science behind it. I'm a medical professional. Here's the science. My cousin. Oh, you know, she's she's quite the biatch. You know, she's she's the same age. I said, okay, and then she quickly backtracks and said, oh, but you're a lovely person. You're the exception to the rule. You're you're the exception to the rule. That's right. Yeah. Did you? Maybe you were adopted and they lied about your age because you don't seem like a 93. Yeah, and you know, doing quick calculations based on cousin and you know my age. we're turning 30 this year. Does that mean something and that there's some sort of crisis the, that we all need to suddenly turn into 
a, a crappier version of ourselves? Well, I don't know. Do you think there's like there's a quarter life crisis and there's a third life, you know, bitch moment or something? Maybe we turn. Can Maybe I be, we turn. Can I be honest with you? Yes. This lady, this medical professional, <laughs> she, you know, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to, I understand uh, doctor, nurse, whatever you are in yep. that environment, you got to have incredible bedside manner. Totally. She's, I mean. She's she, throwing a lot of opinions out for uh, yeah. what would assume would be an opinionless profession to be in. Well, I don't want to be rude to her here, but she sounds like she might have been born in 93 herself, Julia. <laughs> there's not a week that goes by where there's not a suggestion to ban things. You know, some things were put in place, like the Victorian plastics ban. Good ban. Very good ban. Another ban that's getting, I guess, mixed reviews. Is this when my parents banned TV before school at my house when I was growing up? Oh, that's unfortunate. Unpopular ban. Mm. From the Vic Greens, Tim Reed has come out. He is pushing a ban mm. on junk food. Advertising on public transport. Public mm. transport advertising around the areas, near the areas, inside the transport itself. Which, to be honest, I don't personally take notice of the ads on a tram. Well, that's because train. more often than not, there's penises drawn all over. <laughs> that's all right. But research from Cancer Council Victoria, this is why the Greens are so up and about with this, is that kids are subjected to at least 25 unhealthy food and drink ads every day. And they are saying that that will include places like when they're sitting on public transport, when they're getting to school. Yeah, look, it's probably a good move. Um, I think across the world, kids are getting fatter. Yeah. Like, I mean, in first world nations, that is, where we have the luxury of eating fast food. But they, they've done similar stuff in past where kids TV, like in the, the prime time watching times, which I think is between sort of 7 and 8.30. Yeah. And then between 4 and 6, that you can't do certain styles of advertising aimed at kids as well. So they restrict it's, it. It's, it's effectively the same thing. It's like yeah. when they leave home, what are they doing? Oh, well, on the way to school. So we might as well ban stuff on the way there as well. So you're on board. Oh, I think we should ban all advertising. Oh, well. <laughs> Which is going to be hard for us to stay in business as a commercial <laughs> radio station. But God, even, yes. even the Nick and Jules ads, I would get them off the air. That was the Nick and Jules podcast.